New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Ray Moss. I'm one of the pastors here at New Vision. I, I give leadership to our care ministry, which is our counseling team, as well as work with uh, our legacy group. Uh, Sharon and I have been married uh, 43 years, happily married. We have two sons, two wonderful, uh, I call them adopted daughters, but they're daughter-in-laws, and uh, we have four grandchildren. Uh, we want to look at James today. Uh, that's the book that we're in. We just started uh, the first chapter. I'm going to be reading from James chapter 1, uh, verses 19 through 27, and I'll read from the ESV today. Um, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Father, would you just... Uh, enrich us today uh, with your word. Help us to see uh, some passages maybe in a, in a way we'd never have before. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, the first chapter of James generally has seen what we call uh, genuine religion. Uh, chapter two is more about faith. Chapter three is about wisdom. So these things he outlines uh, in our outward behavior is a sign that we truly understand and accept and live out what God has done in us. Some people will define religion as uh, what we do to earn God's favor. I've heard that a lot. Uh, Paul will use that in that sense when in, in the book of Acts, he's referring to his own works according to the law. Again, a religion that seeks to earn God's favor. But really Christ, Jesus, really upsets that religion as well as all other religions. But we see James will use this word at the end of this section. He, he talks about pure religion. Uh, that previous definition does not fit here because we know we are already accepted. We're beloved in Christ, born again, a new spirit, all things new, the righteousness of Christ, righteousness of Christ our Lord. Our faith is based on receiving rather than achieving so, uh, so really, this word religion refers to more about external observance. It's, the, it's really the fruit of the Spirit, not the works of the flesh. That's the difference in a believer's religion as opposed to other religions. Sharon and I, we, uh, we try to plant a little garden each year. 
Even though we both grew up in rural Oklahoma where everyone seemed like they had a garden, somehow we missed a few of the best practices of our parents and grandparents. But, but we're learning, mostly the hard way. But here's one fact that is, uh, even to this day, amazes me. We can take this tiny seed that looks very dead, dried up, and place it in the ground. And in a few days, maybe a week, it begins to grow into this incredible vegetable-bearing plant. Now, although it takes nourishment from the ground and minerals, it has something within itself. Uh, I don't know if plants have DNA or not, but there's something in there maybe that allows it to perform what only it can do, or what we can say, organic. Now, I know this illustration has its limitations, as most illustrations do, but that's how I think about what the indwelling Christ in me produces. Remember what Paul said, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ in me. That seed has all the right parts to produce what God designed it to produce. Now, when the Spirit of God dwells indwells me, I now have the resource and the power to overcome the flesh and the desires of this world. You know, it should be the most supernatural expression of our life that we would live out what James sets before us in these verses. These things are the what I'd call the bread and butter, or maybe just the fundamentals of relationships, that we uh, would be so concerned about others that we'd be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Wow, <laughs> talking about a word for today. People are just talking over each other like we've never seen. People want to hear what fits their narrative, and if it doesn't, we see anger spilling out from all sides, all sides. So James tells us that pure religion in its best sense will be sensitive to those who have the smallest voice, meaning the less powerful, the less resources, the less influence, the orphans and the widows, as examples he gives us. When we visit them and listen to them and serve them in their affliction, then we are truly living out God's character. It's indeed a fruit of His Spirit, not by works, lest any of us would boast about that. There's another passage we use quite often in counseling. Uh, Paul mentions it in 2 Corinthians 10.5. He says, take every thought captive. And I love that picture, that we would take a thought uh, or maybe a word that said to us, and just hold it for a time, examine it for its truth. Uh, James is saying the same thing, but he's using different words. He says, be quick to listen, quick to listen, not only to others, but listen to ourselves. You know, those thoughts and ramblings that go on in our own minds, we have to take those captive as well. How quickly we can take a word from a coworker and immediately begin to respond without ever slowing down to examine it. Random thoughts that come to our minds that we never really examine. As spirit-led believers, I want to slow down more. Examine God's word, uh, what his implanted word says that should speak the loudest. Uh, we can, you know, we can easily make these words of James just another list of to-dos uh, or laws rather than seeing it as a natural response of the spirit in relationship with our creator. Uh, there's a word that can easily be read over in verse 9. He says, know this, my beloved brothers. That's the word, beloved. This word, beloved, is a form of agape and that ultimate love that the Father has for us. 
uh, we, we see this word, beloved, used early on in Christ's ministry. Mark, Luke, Matthew all record this event at Jesus' baptism. No sooner had Jesus come up out of the water than he saw the heavens torn apart and a spirit like a dove descending on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. My favor rests on you. Here's where I find that source, to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to be angry. I'm beloved by the Creator God because I am in Christ, and Christ is in me, fully and totally accepted and blessed. I shouldn't have anything to prove. God, God is enough. So we're quick to speak and to anger because we want to justify ourselves, protect ourselves, promote ourselves. Paul calls that flesh, uh, or I like to call self-directed life. I, I love what Henry Nguyen said about these negative and loud voices that are easy to believe. He said, that's the great trap. It's the trap of self-rejection. The greatest trap in our life is not success, popularity, or power, but it's self-rejection. These things can indeed present a great temptation, but their seductive quality often comes from way from the way that they are part of a much larger temptation, and that is self-rejection. When he, when he uses this word self-rejection, he's really speaking about the self that God has made us to be, who we are in him. So, so the word beloved carries a power, and it carries our, really our identity. Uh, we're quick to hear and slow to speak because I'm accepted by the Father. Now, the life of the most afflicted, as well as those I live with around daily, can take, now they can take on a different kind of priority. Mike, uh, Mike is one of my childhood buddies. I uh, just found out uh, Mike's father is in his last days. Uh, his, his dad came to know Christ later in life and really made a tough old farm boy into the, I, t I tell you, one of the sweetest, kindest men I've ever known. I, I have found myself crying and weeping over this news of his leaving, but certainly joy in knowing where he's going. Um, really, to be honest, my tears have been somewhat a surprise. And I had to really examine why, why is this breaking my heart so much? It's not that I've spent a lot of time with Mike's dad, but the times I did seem to make a real difference. Mr. Standridge always found a way of encouraging and blessing me. He would brag on my commitment to work with my dad in building homes. Every time he saw me, I went away encouraged. You know what? His approval of me just made me want to please him even more. And that, that's what a blessing does. That's what the love of the Father should do for us. When he looks down at us and sees us in Christ, he says, my beloved. Hey, if you're in Christ, you, you are beloved by the Father, and that, that's enough. I want to slow down enough in my life to take those thoughts captive, quick to hear, but slow to speak, and even slower to be angry. You know, I'm praying for myself and for you today that every conversation with others and with your own thoughts will be taken captive for His Spirit, and for His Word to reign. Thanks for listening today. Goodbye. Again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you Monday.